Welcome to the Mental Hogs Podcast, sponsored by Kurtz Coolers. This is where we talk about past and future events for the Mental Hogs. Now, here are your hosts, Scott Bridge and Stevie Dom. Hello, and welcome to the second ever episode of the Mitchell Hawks podcast. I'm here with Hawks General Manager Scott Bridge. How's it going today, Scott? Fantastic, Stevie. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Let's get right into our first segment of the show. Uh, the week that was sponsored by ENF Masonry, a brick lane company owned by two local business owners and Mitchell Hawks alumni, Perry Francis and Tim Eckmeyer. It's a huge weekend for the guys. It is heavy packed with potential playoff matchups and, and huge intensity in both games. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what we expected this past weekend was a lot of excitement and some close games. Um, we, we knew what it was going to take to get four points this weekend. We were able to grab three of four and, um, for us, we, we have to take the positives and, um, just know that because of those three or four points, three out of four points, we're, uh, we're still tied with uh, the wing environment for third place right now. So, uh, we'll take all the positives we can. There's lots to work on. Uh, there's lots to improve on as, uh, as we did see some inconsistencies this weekend with our club, but we're hoping to, uh, iron out some kinks, uh, before the playoffs start with, with, uh, with two big games this weekend, but, uh, Friday night, in uh, in Hanover was uh, was a big game, and we we uh, held the lead for uh, for a lot of that game, but we allowed a, an early goal in that game and a late goal, uh, and uh, unfortunately uh, um, wasn't able to hang on to the lead. But uh, falling asleep for those two and a half minutes was uh, the difference maker in us not winning that game. Um, just to recap Friday's game, as we just as we know the Hawks did end up losing. With a final score of three to two, um, it was Josh Jacqueline Annette versus Riley McCain between the pipe. That was a really premier goaltending matchup uh, in this division. What did you see with, with those two? Annette, That's, I, I saw two two goaltenders going head to head, making save for save. It's uh, every time those two face off against each other, we've had low scoring games this year, Steve-O. So. Um, we knew that, that goals were going to be hard to come by. I know I said last week in the segment, we needed goals, goals, and goals against the Hanover Barons if we wanted to win. And, uh, we weren't far off from, from predicting that, um, we, we needed three to win. I thought, uh, maybe we needed more than that, but that's what Josh Jacklin's going to do. He's, he's going to give you a chance to, to win every single time he's between the pipes. So we, um, we have lots of confidence in him. Anytime that he's uh, he's in that for us, and he um, yeah, like I said, he went save for save with Riley McCabe, who's who's a premier goaltender in this league as well. Um, so yeah, kudos to, to both goaltenders for playing a great game. Um, the Hawks, the the Barons jumped off to an early lead there in the first kind of a, a turnover in in the Hawks' own zone led to uh, an unassisted goal from Spencer Davidson. Uh, but other than that, that early goal where it just kind of seemed like the Hawks weren't quite ready yet, like it, they, they're, uh, they just hadn't had their step yet. But right, as pretty much as soon as that goal went in, the Hawks seemed to control majority of that game. Like a lot of play, it was in Hanover's end, and they just seemed to have a, a large amount of control of that game. You're right. The one thing that uh, 
that we've we've all noticed this year is we seem to play a, a much better game on a bigger ice surface. It's it's proven that way in Wingham. It's proven that way at times in Mount Forest, um, and it's it's proven that way in Hanover as well. Our, our guys like to uh, like to make those uh, stretch passes uh, with hitting each other. I feel like on the bigger ice surface we can make some nice passes through the neutral zone. Felt like our defense, uh, Steve-O, were moving the puck extremely well in Hanover on Friday because of the defense making that first outlet pass and those clean uh, breakout passes and, and, and chipping pucks off the glass. It made our job uh, so much easier through the neutral zone. So our defensemen, we touched on Josh Jacklin making those big saves, yes, and then our defensemen after that doing their job, getting pucks out, and then our forwards moving the puck from there. There was a lot of crisp passes through the neutral zone. Um, we did uh, uh, we did do a great job hemming Hanover in their own end for uh, for for a good chunk of time in, in the first, second, and third period. Um, we spent more time in the box than them. Uh, so because of that, you would think that that would um, kind of hurt our um, top line guys who do, who do kill penalties, but I felt like those guys for, for the amount of time they were on the ice killing penalties really did uh, do a good job holding their own and, and continue to put pressure on Hanover down low in the, uh, in the offensive zone. Um, talking about that pressure, they got rewarded with about um, five seconds left in that first period, tie the game from Cardo Russellman for his seventh of the season. He's a, uh, He's had a hot stretch lately, a lot of points he's been putting up. Uh, that goal was assisted by Tyson Hall and Braden Burdett. What have you seen from Musselman that's been making him so effective over the last few games? I would say for the last couple months, he has been a, uh, a pretty dynamic uh, piece to the puzzle. Um, Carter spent a lot of time playing forward at the beginning of the year, and um we feel like we needed to get him some more ice time and in conversation with Muzz, he agreed. Uh, and I think since we've moved, actually, I don't think I know since we've moved him to the back end and he sees more ice consistently, he's just been a much better player. Um, not that he wasn't good before on the forward. I mean, anywhere on the ice, you put him, he's going to do a good job, but playing defense is just a different, uh, just different aspect of the game. And, um, since we've moved him back on the defensive side of things, he's been physical. He's been strong. He's uh, cleared the front of the house uh, with any defenders trying to get in the uh, eyesight of our goaltenders. Um, his outlet passes have been nice, and he's been quick uh, retrieving pucks in the defensive zone. So uh, I think the more Muzz plays, um, the better he is. And he has proven that uh, going back to defense. He's not a liability at all uh, anywhere you put him on the ice forward or defense. But um, – yeah, since putting him on defense, he has been playing playoff hockey since we've moved him to the back end. So as uh, soon as the puck drops in the playoffs, he, he's just going to be ready to rock and roll because that's the way he's been playing um, for the last six, seven weeks, I would say. Um, the Hawks then continued that that heavy physical game, kind of coming uh, Hanover in their own zone through the second period. Um, Jonathan Tenhang ended up scoring uh, a nice power play goal where they kind of came in on an odd man run to the three on two and kind of moved through the, the defenseman and really let off a nice shot. And um, as we mentioned before, Musselman got the assist on that, another point for him in that game. And Brady Brzezinski um, helped also add in a helper there. Um, that, like, that was 
where the game stood for majority of the rest of the game until late in the third. It's true. Yeah, it's uh, very true. It's that goal from uh, from from Tenny was huge. Um, we need to get the power play going, especially getting close to the playoffs. Special teams are going to make a big difference when it gets to the uh, to the new season, and that's in the playoffs. So. Uh, big goal for Ten Hag. He scored a lot at home this year. It's it's nice to see him get one on the road. He started the season off uh, with a little bit of an injury bug. He had off-season knee surgery and and uh, missed a good chunk at the beginning of the season. So I think Ten Hag's just coming into his own right now. He's played great all year and spent a lot of time on the on the first line. Being a 17-year-old, he's a big body. He's strong, and uh, the fans will get a chance to see that goal that he scored. Yeah. In Hanover, and I mean, he's got some juicy mittens. The way he came in down the right wing, being a left-hand shot, and you could see him take a look up and notice that there was some space between uh, Riley McCabe's glove and pad. And and uh, he'll be the first one to tell you. I, I looked at the spot that I wanted to hit, and I hit that spot, and it ended up going in. So, um, yeah, Ten Hag's gonna uh, he's gonna be a, a good weapon for us here. Uh, come the playoffs, and a guy that we know we can really utilize on the first line in the power play. He retrieves pucks like a hound dog uh, on the dump and chase, and and he battles hard in the corner, and he makes space for um, uh, for Cass on the first line as as uh, he needs some space to work with the puck and and uh, create some offensive space. So Tenny's going to do that for him, and uh, he's done a great job all year. Now, you mentioned before that they got hit heavy with uh, the penalties there throughout that game. They end up going seven for eight on the penalty kill. Um, they only let one goal in there, shorthanded. Um, what did you see from that that penalty kill that made them so effective of uh, killing off those penalties like so many times in that game? Like like when you're down that often in a game, you guys end up getting tired, and sometimes that shows and plays. But they they stayed strong throughout. What did you see from them? I saw our forwards staying up uh, staying up high. And um, trying to block shots that came through, obviously with Jacqueline making that initial save, um, our defense did a good job corralling the house and and shooting the uh, the loose puck down the length of the ice. Our forwards did a good job coming back. I, I just felt we were positionally sound in the defensive end on the penalty kill, and uh, when you know where each other are on the ice, it makes life a lot easier. But um, we didn't uh, fumble around with the puck in the defensive end when we had it. Uh, we were able to clear it, and I believe we even had a couple shorthanded um, opportunities. So um, one thing was we we, we kind of caught on a little bit um, to how Hanover wanted to work the puck, and and uh, we probably won't see many of those setups again the next time we face them, uh, just from the way that we kind of caught on to things. But um, the Fords did a good job holding the top of the circle, forcing Hanover to the middle of the ice, and uh, from there, if Jacqueline's going to see the first shot, he's going to save it. But, uh, but from there, our guys got the puck cleared down the length. Yes, we don't need anything pretty on the penalty kill. Right. Nothing pretty at all. It, it's, it's, it's probably the most ugliest part of your game is, is, is killing a penalty, and it doesn't need to look pretty. You don't need to, um, to, uh, to go through a guy's legs or, or dipsy-doodle around the guy to get the puck. But it just has to be hard. It's got to be pressure. Just get it out, regroup from there, stay back, and let them come to you. And I felt like we did a really good job at that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the one goal that uh, Hanover did get on that that on their power play ended up being the game tying goal there. Um, 
the guys kind of regrouped there with about 30 seconds left and uh, got the game to overtime. And then, unfortunately, um, Harrison Fer Fergia ended up uh, with the game winner, uh, winning in overtime. But overall, the guys played really well. They um, The score didn't uh, show how they played. They, they dominated a lot of that game. Yeah, it really didn't uh, show. The, the outcome wasn't the outcome that I thought the guys deserved uh, with that game. And and um, I uh, and they know that. I mean, the, the coaching staff uh, uh, did a really good job, I felt, uh, talking to the guys um, after that game. And there was a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations because, I mean, let's face it, guys are going to be hard on themselves when you lose a game, right? Thinking it's their fault or thinking they did something that – could have been different, but no, there, there was a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations where you did this, right. You did that, right. You continue to do that. Right. And uh, good things are going to happen. And obviously we were, we were on the PK uh, with less than five minutes left and uh, we take another penalty. I, I think it was a trip. Um, and uh, um, so we did get, uh, we did get uh, an infraction there. So we were down five on three uh, with less than five minutes, but uh I mean, guys are going around uh, on purpose, trying to trip guys uh, when we're already down a man. So right. um, it was unfortunate, and uh, you know, it it kind of suffers a little bit because other guys are on the bench that are fresh that could come out, but they're not a penalty killer, so they're still on right. the bench. And, right. and there we are using our same guys over and over and over again, and um, and and the penalties kind of bit us in the butt. So quite unfortunate. But um, I know some guys felt really, really hard uh, after the game on themselves. But we have to make sure that we keep them in a good um, in a good frame of mind because um, those guys that thought they they were didn't play a good game did play a great game. So yeah, yeah, uh, sure. we do have to uh, we do have to remember that uh, we got to keep everybody in a good mindset here and and keep everyone uh, trekking forward. Right. Um, I did end up having an interview with. Uh... Hawks defenseman Cal McMahon after the game. Let's uh, let's hear what he had to say about this one. Penalties are what's hurting us nowadays. And we go down five on four. We have a good uh, penalty kill, but five on five, I think we're the best team. You mentioned the penalties there. Um, ten penalties and ended up in, at the end of that game. You killed off almost all of them. What was about your penalty kill that was so effective tonight? Um, we're just really good at staying calm on the penalty kill and just knowing where guys are and just kind of, yeah. Uh, Jacqueline was in net tonight. How did he look out there to you? I had a good game, just a few bad bounces on our end that puck ended up in the net, but overall he played a pretty good game. Um, you, had a couple, you guys had a power play goal and an even strength goal. What was the key to for the moment, getting that 2 1 lead there in the second. There's a lot of communication, moving the guys around, getting screens and sending the pucks to the net, and that's how we can bury those goals. Um, late goal there in the third for Hanover. Um, had a bit of a timeout there for overtime. What was the message given to you guys by the coach? Uh, just calm down, play our game, try to generate a few chances with a tight game like that. But yeah. Overall, good game for you. What? How did you feel up there tonight? I feel pretty good. It was a, it's going down to playoff soon, so I'm buckling down and just trying to give it my all every game until playoffs start. You mentioned coming down on the playoffs. Um, how's it been for you and the rest of the team trying to uh, gain momentum as you guys 
move towards playoffs? Um, with the last few games we have, we need to uh, basically just give it our all and try to secure as many points as we can coming in the playoffs. And I think we'll be going in pretty good. Uh, Calm has been on the team for uh, quite a few years now. I think this is his third year. Um, what has he meant to this team? As as a lot of younger guys have kind of made started to make their mark on this team, uh, it's always important to have those those veteran players. What ha what has he meant uh, to this team? Well, that's a real easy answer. He's uh, he's a fantastic leader um, with this group. Obviously, that COVID year. Uh, uh, put a damper on him being a being a five-year hawk or six-year hawk, right? So yeah. um, he's he's a great leader. We're very very lucky and fortunate to to have him uh, on the team. He's a great assistant captain. Uh, he's a local Mitchell boy, and so he knows uh, he knows everybody on the team and and everybody that's uh, that's come in this year. He's he's known to as well, minus maybe one or two guys. So um, the nice thing is in the room uh, in between periods if. Uh, if uh, Louis, Kenny, Holden, Benny have something to say, and we go over some things on the drawing board, he's 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 not one guy to shy away. He'll he'll stand up and say something when the time's right, and uh, for that we have to give kudos to him. He's uh, he uh, he's he's definitely got his head on his shoulders. He plays the right way. He practices the right way. He practices hard, and um, like I said, we're fortunate to have him because he is Mister Steady Eddie back there on the defensive end. Uh, and he's a big part of that very deep defensive core that we have. And realistically, any team who's looking to have any sort of playoff success or go far deep into a playoff run needs a guy like Cal McMahon on the blue line, a guy to steady everything out, calm everything out, but also voice when the guys need to kick a kick in the butt and to get going. And it's always really important to have one of those guys. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, uh, uh, you said it perfect. Uh, give a little, little, little bit of a kick in the butt. That's for sure. And, and, uh, and yeah, it's he's always he's done a great job at that this year. And, and um, what he did really well on on Friday night as well. We may have touched on it, but just the way he moved the puck through the neutral zone as well. Uh, There's a couple times where where guys were coming down, double teaming them, and and a nice little saucer pass. Uh, uh, to the forward stick through the neutral zone, uh, back at the point he holds the line real well, and and that's a real, that's a real uh, talent that he has, is right. keeping pucks in, snapping it back uh, in behind the net, uh, the way he wheels in behind the net too as well. So he just does so many little things right, and uh, it's yeah, if you're playing with him on the defensive end, you, you know he's going to have your back, and and he's he's just been uh, he's just been a warrior for us this year. Right. Um, so now on to Sunday. The Hawks uh, were at home for their final home game of the season against the the Kincard and Bulldogs. This was probably the biggest game of the season for the Hawks, as um, the Winger Ironmen are right on their tails for that that third place spot in the the North Pollock. And if if they end up taking that spot, this is a potential playoff matchup. So. They really needed to set the tone, and they really did. They they came out and and took that game. Yeah, it was uh, definitely felt like a playoff game, and King Carden was uh, was missing a few few of their uh, big guns as well. So we couldn't take them lightly on Sunday, and, and we didn't. We didn't take them lightly at all. I felt the guys came out, they competed hard. King Carden got a few goals in the third period. Um, 
which were some real nice shots. We <laughs> got to give them credit for that. But yeah. the, the guys, they they battled, and uh, we really needed that win. That was a, a real big game, and all the guys knew it coming to the rink. Guys were talking about it before the game. Uh, we touched on it in the pregame as well, and guys responded in the first period. It was it was a great first period that we had, and um, it felt like we didn't. I felt like King Carden made some adjustments after the first period, as as right. they will with a good coach like Todd Norman. So he really rallied the troops around the first period they had, and then I saw a lot of adjustments that they made in the second period that uh, we just couldn't capitalize on, and that's when things kind of turned around. So. Uh, the second period, we, we definitely got out of, still ahead, uh, without allowing a goal. But the way that King Carden came back, it, uh, it could have been a tie game, but Beauville made some big saves in that game. And then getting that uh, goal by Ferg at the beginning of the third to make it 3-0 definitely was a huge goal for us that we needed yeah. as King Carden came back and scored a few. So um, that's one thing that also we're going to have to uh, um, to remember come playoff time is uh, – um, teams are going to start making adjustments on us and, and we're just going to have yeah. to learn to adapt that, you know, things that worked for us throughout the regular season all the time might not always work come playoff time. Right. For sure. Um, as you mentioned, it was Bradley Bovo back in net. He was coming off back-to-back shutouts. I think it ended up being roughly 200 minutes straight um, without allowing a goal between their, his game, uh, his last four games. Like that's that's something unheard of, and it's it's unreal for Bovia. He's played outstanding. Yeah, that's right. That uh, there's a game in Walkerton uh, where I think they scored eight minutes into the second, and then he shut the door the rest of the way. Uh, then he, uh, yeah, and then uh, obviously then the back to back shutouts, and then King Carter not scoring on him until the third period on Sundays. So that's quite an accomplishment, and I know that. What did we look at today? In uh, February, he allowed two goals on 112 shots, or am I wrong? Was it 121 shots, something like that? So yeah, and, um, yeah, he he he's played well, and he's a warrior and competitor. He wants to, he wants he wants to win. He wants the team to win. I think he'll do whatever it uh, takes for the team to win. He and he'll just play whatever role he's put in, uh, as he's a team player and. And uh, that's what we expect of Bovey night in and night out. Um, you guys, like the, the boys, really got on the board early. Um, they got a goal about three and a half minutes into the game. It was unassisted, shorthanded. That was a huge boost um, for their energy and their momentum by Caleb Musselman. Um, they carried that one nothing lead into the second until they got a goal um, that's about to be shown here by Zach Schooley for his second of the season. Um, and they really controlled those first two periods, and it was real key to them coming out on top of this game because um, with that late push, had they not had played so strong in the first two two periods, who knows how uh, how that could have gone. Yeah, you're right, Steve-O, you're right. And King Carden, it seems like a, a 3 nothing lead is the worst lead to have against them because they have come back uh, – against us three or four times this year when we've been up by three goals. So uh, they're a team you, you can never sleep on or take lightly. I, I feel like I've said it a thousand times this year uh, against them. So you're right. It, that that first goal by uh, Musselman was huge. A shorthanded goal. Again, we found ourselves down a man. 
And uh, there goes uh, Bones straight up the ice. And, and I believe he scored that uh, bar down on uh, Christian yep. DeJong to make it one nothing, And that, uh, that, that threw a spark through our bench. And that schoolie goal, man, that was a seeing eye shot. He, he takes yep. the puck over on the left wing, um, skates from the top of the umbrella, then comes down, hits down to the right wing and on the right-hand shot and, and goes bar down again on DeJong. And DeJong's a big goalie. He takes yep. up a lot of lower part of the net with those big pads, so you do have to go high on him. And again, uh, Schooley just had DeJong a bite on the first move, and then as soon as he went down, he went above his glove. And and then uh, and then the third goal from Fergie, I mean, a seeing-eye shot through the point that just made its way through, what, four or five sets of legs uh, yeah. before it went to the back of the net. But uh, Fergie had a great game, and and uh, a real statement game by him is with as well with that uh, – big body check that he threw uh i think it was more than halfway through the second period maybe late yeah. towards the end of the second period and uh and then he just continued to rally from there and and then continued his strong play with a goal at the beginning of the third period so uh we really uh, yeah we really clamped down after that when they made it three two and uh we also had a goal that yeah, our guys on the ice thought crossed the line by by inches but uh the ref uh, deemed it no goal and and the play continued to uh, to play on from there, but our guys on the ice thought that it definitely went over the line, but it wasn't by much. And yeah. uh, we do have some pictures of it, but I mean, there's nothing we can really do about that right now. Not yeah, unless you're uh, in the NHL and you got video review, there's not much not much you can do about that one. No. But no. Uh, th this game again, as as the intensity grew, it got physical and it got a little chippy, and and yet again for. The second consecutive game, a really strong performance from the penalty killers. Yeah, they had to kill off some huge penalties after uh, King Carden scored their first goal and their second goal with that five-minute major there in the third. Like they, they stood strong. They cycled their players well. They 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 played unbelievably again, and it's it just seems to be their battle. They're battling every 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 shift, every play, like on the boards. They're they're it's their puck. Every time, like, and if it's not, they're not satisfied, right? It's it's been unbelievable to watch. Yeah, that's right, it, and it's true. We uh, guys battled hard, and again, hard work will pay off, and and that's what Bones was was rewarded with with the shorthanded goal, um, just battling hard and and uh, forcing the forcing the forward coming out to make that first move, and and again, he just kind of jumped on a, on a loose puck that was kind of fumbled there and and uh, made the best out of out of the situation but that's the thing with the penalty killers you keep your feet moving uh you're gonna win loose puck battles you're gonna good things are gonna happen as a penalty killer you stop moving your feet and you start puck watching that is the worst thing that you can possibly do and our penalty killers um have not been doing that they've been doing the right things and that's right. what's uh, that's what's led to some success here and and something that we do want to keep building on uh, this weekend. We need we need uh, four points this weekend coming up. Uh, and if our penalty killers keep doing what they're doing and and continue to to keep that percentage in the high nine nineties, we should be good. You, uh, yeah, th those are two huge points there for the for the team. And uh, as they looked towards the playoffs, and you mentioned. Um, two big games next weekend um, as we start our second segment of the of the podcast. Uh, the week to come, sponsored by DC Packaging, located on 175 Georgina Street in Mitchell. 
Um, the Hawks will be on the road for their final two games of the regular season. They will be in Walkerton Friday night to play the Capitals at 730. Um, you guys have really played Walkerton well this season. Um, what has been the key to to getting on top of those that team and, and getting the victories you have? Well, we beat them at home uh, to start the season off. I think the one thing that um, helped us play them better is when they gave us a real sour taste in our mouths and beat us on their home ice to give us our first loss of the season. Um, nobody was really happy with that. And so that did, yeah, kind of gave us a sour taste. And since then we've, we've come out and we've played them better since they, since they beat us on home ice. I think that game was three, one in Walkerton, um, it's three or three weeks into the season. So um, we, we, we know that we know that they're a tough team to play. Like I touched on last, uh, last week in, on the show that um, uh, Logan Bromley's played us real effective this year. He's a good goaltending, he, good goaltender. Uh, he just doesn't get in a lot of run support. So um, we know that we have to be at our best because uh, a guy like Bromley can, can, can win them a game if, if we badly shoot them. Um, yeah. could steal a game and, and, and they could win two, one, three, one, like, like he did earlier on the season. So, um, big thing is, is, is capitalizing on your opportunities. Anytime you do get the man advantage, uh, you have to score on it, um, because they've got some, uh, some, some big guns on the power play as well. And, and Sam shakes is, is one guy that, uh, for Walkerton that, that can uh, turn a game around and, and he can pot a few pretty quick on you if, if, if you fall asleep for a few minutes. Um, then on Sunday, they will be in Goddard to play a uh, face off against the Flyers at 2 30. That will be their final regular season in, uh, game. Uh, what are you looking for them from them in that one? Just looking for a real strong 60 minute effort from beginning to end, uh, to end our season off. Uh, like you said, the last two games are on the road, uh, so we'll have to play some real sound, solid road games if we if we want to finish in uh sorry when we finish in third place so we um yeah we we just need a complete 60 minute effort from our guys goddard is another team you you, you can't walk into their barn thinking you're going to take two points they've they've beat uh wingham twice this year who were battling for third place uh they, they've had some solid games against mount forest down the stretch and uh walkerton as well who's who's played us tough They've, they've played them real well and, and have won some games against them. So um, they, they've got some good players on that team and, and um, they've been getting good goaltending through February. And we just can't think we're going to walk in on Sunday with the two points we're, we're going to have to prove why we are the better team in that game to, to steal two points and walk out uh, with a four point weekend. So we're um, we'll go over the, the X's nose on Sunday again with the guys and, and, and hoping that, uh, we can all buy in as a team and and uh, finish solid. Now, uh, these two teams, the Flyers and the Capitals, have been battling for that that sixth spot um, in the North Pollock. And depending on who finishes ahead of who, that will be the playoff matchup at in your in that third spot. So it's really important for the guys to come out and set the tone for the playoffs and, and really, really show them that they're not to be messed with, right? And then they're going to be taking these games seriously. Yeah, they, they will. Yeah. yeah, they definitely will. I mean, uh, 
unfortunately, the last couple of years, Godrich has been the team that's finished um, at the bottom. And this year, they've made a couple nice additions to their club. And that's the reason why they're battling um, to hopefully not finish in the basement. So um, they, they've got something to prove as well. And that's why you get up and play these games. You, nobody wants to go to the rink to, to lose a game. You, you're going to go to win uh, every single night. So um, we, we just know that um, this weekend we can't take anybody lightly. And then whoever we play in the first round as well, uh, just because you finished higher in the standings, um, it doesn't guarantee you anything. It, it really doesn't. Um, you have to go out and, uh, and, and play your best every single night and, uh, because um, the games are not going to get any easier as they go on. For sure. And like this will be a huge uh, tone setter for the playoffs because our hope is to finish third and one of these two teams of who we're going to be playing. So yeah. it'll be good to set the tone and get a good idea of what you're looking for from them. And like you said, teams make adjustments in the playoffs and you guys can start strategizing on the adjustments that you guys will make for their team. Yep, that's right. And even Sunday, we we changed a couple things up uh, against King Carden that we'd been doing uh, the previous three or four games. So uh, obviously, we start changing things up. It, it takes uh, some time for guys to get a little more comfortable, but um, that's the thing. It's not supposed to be comfortable, right? Uh, you need to learn to adjust on the fly and, and buy in. So um, hopefully, we can, can continue to do that down the stretch. Yep. Now we're on to our final segment of the show, our guest interview, um, sponsored by Larry Hudson, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC, located at 1000 Wallace Avenue in Listowel. Um, our guest of today's show will be Corey Broughton, uh, the Mitchell Hawks president. Uh, Corey is in his second year of being the president. He also helps coach the minor hockey of the U11 Rep B team for the Meteors. Welcome to the show, Corey. Hey, happy to be here, steve -o. Hey, Scott. Good day, sir. For those who don't know, how does how did you become president? As you mentioned to me uh, previously, that you were the first ever president of the Hawks to win the Pollock. So, how how did how did becoming president come about? Uh, it's voted on by the executive at the AGM meeting. Um, first off, somebody has to nominate you to do it, and you have to accept it. Which I was nominated. I might have been the only one that was nominated. I can't remember, <laughs> but I accepted it, and uh, and here we are today. Um, is there a set time period for you to be president, or is it just as long as you, you're wanting to do it? It is uh, a two-year term, so this year at our AGM, it'll get re-voted on by the executive. They, if they think I'm doing a good job, they'll, they'll probably happily nominate me again, and if I accept again, then then I'll continue on for another couple of years. So it's been, it's been all right. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I was just going to ask you a question, Corey. What have you seen uh, the last couple of years that, that's uh, it's been a major changer for the Mitchell Hawks since you've come on board from previous years? Well, definitely a brand new logo. We had to rebrand the whole thing, which was quite a process. You know, we took a little bit of heat from the community. Some some people like the logo, some people don't. So, But I think it, uh, it was a good change. Community support has always been there, and I think it's grown stronger and stronger. For those who don't know, uh, what does being the Mitchell Hawks president entail? Like, what what's your day to day duties? I like to think of myself as just a regular executive. Like, I always help out at the fundraisers, the games, uh, 
anything they need. Just kind of somebody that people can go to if they have a problem or I go to league meetings, talk to Bridgie probably every day, stuff, talk to the other executive members, make make sure everything's okay with them. Yeah, go to meetings, lots of meetings, lots of emails, and try and keep things on the straight and narrow there so uh, things run smoothly. Now, you mentioned uh, some of the community events that you, you're very involved in as well as the, re- the rest of the executives. Um, are there any big events coming up that people should know about? Uh, we got a few coming up. We got our uh, pork chop dinner on Saturday, May 13th at the Mitchell Community Center. Takeouts 4.30 till 5 p.m. Uh, then sit down will be from 5 till 7 p.m. Uh, we'll do our player awards that night uh, for the team. Um, tickets are $25. You can get them from myself, uh, Mitchell Tire, or any other executive. Get a pork chop baked potato. Uh, what else? We got baked beans, coleslaw, bun, some dessert. Bridgie had it last year. It was pretty good, eh? Oh, the, the portions are huge. <laughs> you don't get skimped on your portions, that's for sure. That was good. Uh, then we got our AGM on May 31st at 7 p.m. at the Mitchell Community Center. If anybody's, uh, we're always looking for help on the executive. More hands make it a lot easier on everybody else. So if anybody wants to join, they can reach out to me and we can set that going we have our spring skate coming up and i believe the first one's june 14th yeah i want to is seventh and seventh and the 14th maybe it's the seventh and the 14th but around there we get coming. we'll get it out there and uh you can talk to bridgie about uh, if you you're interested in going with that and then we have our 10th annual golf tournament on july 8th uh, which is already sold it out sold out and we're taking waiting list so we got 48 teams in that it's a it's a really good day we've always had a lot of fun it's been a a big hit it's probably it's our biggest fundraiser that we have for the hawks now so if you want to get on the wait list just send me a message or 519-274-4250 is my cell and uh, just send me a text or call me and we'll get you on the list. Um, now, this is your second year of being president. And what what so far has been your favorite part of being president? Uh, there's lots of lots of things that are uh, fun. Having my son there is pretty cool. Like even when I first joined as a, a director and just kind of running the clock, helping out, he'd come to the games and he'd bring his championship belt from WWE and he'd challenge Eric Rolf to a match before the game and hang out with Carter, Carter Lewis and um, Charlie Rankin's another one that he thinks the world of um, hanging out with him, having him there last year for that championship run, which is like a, probably one of my most favorite parts you know, seeing that arena full and Mitchell on the good Friday, there, game six. That wasn't the, outcome we wanted that game we lost in overtime but um if we would have won that game there probably wouldn't have been a a roof on that arena and then we went up to game seven there in hanover had my boy with me and uh yeah seeing seeing the hanover fans watch malcolm mcleod skate out into the ice and it just when i knew he's when he scored that i think it was the fourth goal of the game i knew i knew it was uh we were in good shape so having Logan on the ice celebrating with the players and and me being on the ice, being part of that with the coaching staff, executive, and players was pretty amazing.
Now you also coach, help coach um, the Mitchell Meteors U11 Rep B team. Is that correct? Yeah, I uh, help out there too. I've been coaching minor hockey, I think, since about 2010. I started out in Alma Logan and then switched switched to Central Perth and then uh, back here in Mitchell now. My son's uh, playing, so I do whatever, do whatever I can. I've coached. I've been a trainer, manager, just helping out in the community. That's great. How how's your team been doing this year? Are they in playoffs or are they still in regular season? Uh, we're we're in playoffs right now. Regular season, we're around five hundred. Might have been maybe one one or two games below, but it was a it was a decent season. Uh, playoffs not going so well. Zero and six. But we got uh, we got a tough division. We like we got not many uh, not as many kids signed up as uh, King Carden. Saugeen Shores, where they got like five or six teams for an age group, and you know we got three really small groups. But I mean, the kids are having fun and playing hard and, and developing. So I guess that's uh, that's what we want. That's great. Um, anything you want to add, Scott? Yeah, like asking questions every single day. It seems like uh, here. So, um, so this is yeah, the hot just... spot right now, buddy. This is hot. I got time to think on a text. <laughs> I guess just um, how have you felt uh, this year has uh, this year's run as a whole with with the executives and uh, and the committee that you've got going right now? Have you have you felt it's been another uh, another year where you've accomplished all you've wanted to accomplish? And uh, and if so, uh, what have some of the positives been this year? I think we're doing all right. I I'm happy with the way it's going. I hope we have another big playoff run here. Um, working with the executive, we got a good group there. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's going well. We just want that. Uh, we want to win the last game of the season, right? It's good. Our sponsorship is amazing. It's always uh, always well supported, and our coaching staff, hockey ops, is great to deal with. So, I think I think the season's going well, more better than what I expected for sure. Thank you very much, Corey, for coming on the show. Um, best of luck for with all your presidential duties and uh, with your U11 Rep B team for the rest of their season. Yeah, thanks, Steve, for having me. Thanks, Corey. Thank you, Bridgie. Um, that will do it for our show today. Uh, any closing remarks, uh, Scott? I just, uh, I just want to say thanks, Steve, for doing this again this week. Um, do a great job, by the way. Those the videos that you got uh, this past weekend in Hanover and Mitchell were uh, uh, were great, and um, nice interview with uh, with Lummer there, and and we look forward to uh, to having you here with us uh, uh, on a run here this year. Uh, it, it's really a pleasure to be along for the ride because I've grown up in Mitchell my whole life, and I looked up to the Hawks uh, as a kid. So being a part of something like this in any capacity is really, it's really nice. And I really appreciate all the kind words um, that you and everyone else who's watched the the first episode that I believe it's at uh, about 400 views now. And that, I didn't expect that. So um, thank you to everyone who's watched. Thank you to everyone who um, has come up to me and said how much you enjoyed the podcast or anybody else who has been involved. Um, we really do. We Really do appreciate it, and uh, uh, thank you. Just that's all we can really say is thank you. So, uh, 
be sure to subscribe, like the video, and uh, turn on your bell notification. That way you know when we post next. Um, stay tuned for more Mitchell Hawks content. Uh, be sure to come out to support the Hawks this weekend in Walkerton in Godrich as they play Friday night at 730 and Sunday afternoon at 230. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody.